Blog Talk Radio. Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. And today is New Year's Day, January 1, 2014. Um, if you're here, you have so much to be thankful for. You have a lot to be grateful for. But some of you don't feel like it. And how do I know that? Uh, real simple, man. I used to be you. And, and on some days, I still am you. The beauty of having a calling on your life is that the things that you have endured, the things that you've seen, the things that have affected your life haven't been by accident. The reason that many of us on a day-in, day-out basis go in and out of the modes and the um, conditions that we see as the context of our lives is twofold. One, yes, it is definitely part of your reality, a reality that you created, and as you're going to learn today, you create all of your realities. But moreover, some of you, especially you religious folks, you brainwashed folk, you folk that think Pats have got all your answers, which he does not, um, I'm here to uh, pimp-proof you today from not only yourself, but from that charlatan that you see in some of your pulpits. I'm not knocking on all pastors because there are a lot of good ones out there. My pastor's a good one, and I'm not doing that because I'm biased, but I have seen, served under, and been party to a lot of things that were allegedly representations and supposed to be movements of God, and they were nothing but movements of ego packaged in a religious format. Uh, for those of you that find yourselves in such a state, those of you that are going to a church where uh, someone is telling you you need to buy a bottle of oil in order to find prosperity, those of you that, well, I'm just going to say this. Let me share this story real quick. I was speaking at a church with a very dear friend of mine. I'm not going to mention her name because when I tell this story, she's probably going to fall out her chair laughing. And they were saying at that time I wasn't Dr. Young yet. And, you know, I hate that term reverend. I think the only thing that should be revered is your relationship with God. But, you know, for whatever uh, purposes, some people will say that reverend term, right? So they're like, Reverend Young. And don't any of y'all ever call me that or we're going to have a problem. They um, they called me up, so I spoke. It was a very, it was a small church, but it was a packed room. And when I got up there, I knew that I probably would not be invited back. 
And y'all that know me probably knew, oh, hell, what the hell did he do? So I'm getting ready to tell you this is a good one. I got up, and the first thing that I said was that if you think that by putting yourself in a feverous, zealot state and hooping, hollering, jumping up and down, kicking somebody in the growing and the hat with the fruit and berries and vegetables on it that you weren't here today is going to actually have anything to do with manifestation or connection to God, you have lost your damn mind. Now, remember, I am at a church, and I said that, right? So when I got finished, uh, I guess people had short memories that day and got a standing ovation and you know, it was a well-received message, and God knows that place needed it. So this lady runs up to me, and I never will forget this. You know, when people start calling themselves deaconess, prophetess, and all of that, what I want you guys to do that are reading in the Bible or reading the Quran or reading any book that has a spiritual foundation, people have prophetic gifts, but they don't self-ordain themselves anything. So when this lady came to me and said, I'm prophet so-and-so, I knew right then something was wrong, especially with that shiny outfit she had on. And she said, baby, now I want you to just run around the church. And I, I said, do what? And you know, because, you know, I used to smoke weed. I, I, I had pretty much stopped that before I went to that church. And I was like, I know damn well this woman didn't just tell me she wants me to run around this church. You know, I can understand run around the building seven times because God told you to do it, but not because a little short uh, African-American woman that smelled like mothballs with a hat with vegetables and fruit on it tells you to do it. So the sister said, no, no, take off running right now. And I looked at her and I said, I'm going to do just that. I'm going to take off running from you, right? So what I am trying to impart today is that I have been getting email after email after email. And, and last week's show, uh, I received a plethora of common uh, letters and, and communications for people saying, please continue the program. Please, this was really helpful. Here's what's going to take place. We're going to get rid of make-believe. Now, for some of you that are saying, or this is the first time you've ever listened to uh, my program, um, uh, let's set some records straight. I have a master's degree in metaphysics, so I do know what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm also an ordained minister, so I do know what I'm talking about. And with those things said, for those of you that are about to hit the end button, don't do it because this is not going to be that religious bullshit that people feed you. What this is going to be about today is you coming in contact and how, learning how to recognize and operate from the spiritual side of your existence so that not any more in this lifetime will you have to do without, will you have to sit and be in a state of lack, a state of depression, a state of self-deprecation, a state of self-loathing, a state of self-judgment. No longer will you be thinking that that man or that woman holds the key to your future, to your well-being. No longer will you feel that if you miss church on Sunday, you are going to hell. Some of you are going to, if you go to church seven days a week, if there isn't hell for you to go to, you've got a seat with your name on it. But uh, beyond that point, this is the day that you are going to become one 
with yourself. This is the day that you're going to wake up from that foolishness that you have been taught, these misgivings, uh, because I know there are probably some people under 17 and 18 listening to this show, so I'm not going to use the words I want to say, but I just said it a minute ago in case you're trying to guess. Um, We're not going to go there. We're going to take you to the place today, baby. So I want you to get a pen out. You definitely, if you don't have a pen, don't sweat it. This program is archived, as they all are. And before I get into this, I want to send some special shouts out. I want to say hi to my son, Jonathan, in Atlanta. I want to say uh, hello to Julie Dash in Barbados. Julie, I really want you to know that uh, we have not forgotten about you, that you're loved and you're being prayed for. I know this is a difficult time. And for those of you that are listening around the globe right now, Julie's mom and dad are both in a terminal state. So say a prayer for my dear friend in Barbados. I want to send a shout-out to Syed Omar and say, man, uh, I hope everything is going well in Cairo, Egypt. I appreciate the letters and the commentary that I get from you. I also want to send a shout-out to Wendy, who is in, uh, oh, God, Wendy, I, I think you are in the uh, Caribbean, and I cannot remember the and where you are in the Caribbean, but I do well, I want to send a shout-out to Wendy. Thanks for the support. To my friends that are in uh, the U.K. and in Canada that are listening right now, we love you guys. To you guys that are in the Virgin Islands, I want to say Happy New Year. So as you know, this is a global program. It would not have been that way had I not been utilizing the very things that I'm about to start talking to you about. And, of course, my friends on the North American continent, I want to tell everyone, all the millions of you that are, going, that are listening to this program, I love you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Now, with that said, what we want to talk about today is learning how to recognize what's real and what's illusion. I got a text the other day from someone I love dearly, and she's going to bust out, and she was referring to the Matrix. Now, there's a man named Max Planck. He is the father of what we know to be modern physics or the science of physics. And Max came to an awareness that the space that we see above, in, and around us is not empty, that it is filled with very aware and very much an alive essence. Matter of fact, the scientist Stephen Hawking, considered to be one of the most brilliant men in America, have referred to this as the God particle. Um, Other scientists have just put a label on this and called it the field. Well, That's where you're from. You are the vibrating essence of a source that is eternal. Uh, Many of you know that in one of our great texts, it is written that man is fashioned in God's image, which that is very, very true. But this goes much deeper than that commentary. Not only are you fashioned in God's image, you have God walking, operating, and imparting, dwelling, residing, and occupying you. Not your body. You. Matter of fact, I'm going to take this thing a step further. Before you were ever 
selected, you and God chose to make the decision to come and have this experience through this context called life, you were existent. You were existent long before that to where time is not of consequence. And let me, for you people out there that are, you know, it's early, but you got that eggnog with that you-know-what in it, let me wake you up. First things first is that before you came into the form of existence that you are in, which is a homo sapien, a human being, for some of you we may use the term beast, but for the rest of us, before you decided to walk upright and come through a woman's womb, you yet existed. The evidence of this in one spiritual text says that I knew you before you were ever established in your mother's womb. I knew you. Now, how can you know someone? And you notice it says, I knew you. It didn't say I knew of what you were, uh, uh, the label. It said I knew you, <clears throat> meaning that you were a specific entity, meaning that you had a, an ability to be identified for you, the uniqueness that you are. That is the irrefutable evidence that you are much more than what you walk around, even in this very day, proclaiming yourself to be now, getting into this subject. The issue is how do we recognize who we are? How do we stop being a walking set of knee-jerk responses to situations? How do we take control over our life? And that's what I want to talk about today. You know, when I was looking at creating this show, I was thinking about what is the vibrational reality that I need to hit for people to be able to go from a state of misunderstanding and find themselves in a state of understanding not only who they are, but what is their divine purpose. So today I'm going to walk you through a lot of that if you will bear with me. Now it's time to get the pen and paper. I'm serious. Go get a pen and paper. You need it. With that said, first thing that I want you to become aware of, no one, absolutely no one, has any control over your life experience but you. I'm going to repeat that because some of you people, especially some of you women, and I am not being sexist. I'm talking to you like a father would talk to you right now. I'm talking to you and, and a lot of you men, especially you young men and uh, you young urbanite men, pull up your damn pants. I'm tired of looking at your drawers, but especially young men and women, I want to say this to you. You are the creator of your own life experience. The law of attraction is a very real thing. If you want to understand more about it, and this isn't a commercial, go to dyvonyoung.com. That's spelled like Ivan, D-I-V-A-N-Y-O-U-N-G.com, and order the book, Another Chance, and or you can get it from the Kindle, whatever, you know. But get that book because it's going to take you from the, the and I'm not knocking Rhonda Byrne, but Rhonda's book is good. The secret was good, but it didn't tell you how to do anything. It told you make a vision board. It told you name and claim it. 
It told you all of these surface things that if you are enlightened, you already have the deep matter. But that's like me trying to talk to a group of high school students about something you learn in graduate school. In other words, if you miss the baccalaureate experience, how can you grasp the concepts? And that's where we're going to go with it today. We are going to grasp the concepts. Now, here is the first thing I want you to uh, I, I want you to think about this, and as you think about what I'm going to say, there's going to some some of this should resonate with you. All right. First thing, what you're living is a vibrational interpretation of what you've allowed yourself to be. You know, repeat that and take note of it. What you are living is a vibrational interpretation of what you've allowed yourself to be. Now, the question that it, many of you probably are asking right now is, Dr. D, man, what in the hell is a vibration? And I'm going to tell you that. You have evidence all around you that what I'm about to say to you is scientific truth, as well as spiritual truth. Knowing that everything that you can see, everything that you can touch, that you can feel, that you can even smell or taste, is two things. One is contextual, meaning when you look at something and you look at it from a state of context, you ask yourself, well, what is context? Context comes into how is something uh, positioned or housed and in what way is it housed that is causing you to have the view or the perception that you have of it? Now, if, uh, if you want me to take that a step further, I will say that in a term that you can better understand. The, the dictionary defines context as the set of circumstances that form the setting for an event a statement or an idea in terms that will allow it to be fully understood and assessed. I know that's some of that Dr. D. Von Young editing out Webster, but everybody doesn't get it. So I'm going to repeat this again because this is you need to really hear this one. Context. It's the circumstances that form the setting for an event, a statement or an idea in terms of which it can be fully understood or assessed. Hold on to that for a minute. Second thing I want you to understand is that even though what you look at is subject to interpretation based on the context in which you view it, there is not a physical thing nor a physical set of circumstances that exist that did not first become fashioned in the mind of a human being. Look at your shoes. Look at those, look at your blouse. Look at some drawers if you got on a pair, which I hope you do. But whatever it is that you are wearing or you are near, someone created that first in a thought. Okay? Now I'm going somewhere with this. The life experience that you're living is a reflection of all of these thoughts being in proximity to you. Now, I know that made somebody put that joint down, which is good. 
and put the glass down too because this is really going to get deep. Just look at where you are. The chair you're sitting in, whether it's brand new and made of Corinthian leather or you sitting outside behind that Asian brother's store sitting on a box with that joint hanging out your mouth, someone made that box or made that chair, and it took just as much effort to make the chair with the Corinthian leather as it did to make that box you're sitting on, Okay. The next thing is look at the context. Look at what is surrounding you. Look at the environment. All of that was the end result of your intent. You got up at one point in your life and made a decision in your past that right now is manifested in your present. For some of you, that little loud kid that you had and needs a spanking, or that person you married that you keep looking up just going, damn, you're still breathing, or whatever the case may be, that person, likewise, that is in proximity to you is the end result of your thought, not them. So for those of you that uh, I had a sister write me a letter the other day. I mean, this is one of, one of the things that we're, we're driving at today, so I'm going to use this example I, hope, I know I'm going to piss this woman off, but I'm going to share it. But they, the woman wrote me a letter, and in her letter she was like, Dr. Young, I, this man was in my life, and I don't understand why he keeps leaving me and coming back. And Dr. Young, he has another woman, and he has now left me for that other woman, and now he calls me. Then he goes back to her, and I just wrote her back, dear fool, dear fool, I hope that you understand that there is no one that created this or allowed this other than you. Now, I'm going to go even a step further. Then she started telling me how much of a Christian she was and, you know, how, you know, how could God do this to her. Second step, 90% of your decisions, ladies and gentlemen, what you're calling God had nothing to do with your mess. So stop asking him to bless your mess because a lot of what has happened in your life has no, no tangibility, no connection in any way, shape, or form to anything digital or spiritual. Next thing is as we go and look at context and we look at the fact that you are the source of your manifestation, the next thing that we have to look at is what is it that you are living right now that has fashioned this environment that you are calling life. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take that a step even further. Are you right now, by virtue of what you're thinking and speaking, allowing yourself to be who you were created to be, or are you keeping up with what life has caused you to become? I'm going to repeat that again for some of you that just didn't click in on that one. Are you right now, by virtue of what you're thinking and speaking, allowing yourself to be you, meaning the real you, the you that when it says, I knew you before you were ever in your mother's womb, I yet knew you. Are you speaking, thinking, and allowing yourself to be that you, or are you keeping up with what life has caused you to become? 
It's a hell of a question, isn't it? Well, many of you don't know the answer to that, so let's get to the answer of that. I'm going to use a toaster for an example. Yeah, a toaster. Some of you may not even know what that is, but let's play like you do. That's that thing that makes your bread brown and warm, right? When you plug up the toaster, you connect it to an energy source. And that energy source goes through a conduit, a catheter, so to speak. That's where we get that word catharsis. And when when we look at when it goes through catharsis, goes through the stimulates an internal environment and this box that has this wiring that's pre-wired to do a certain cause and effect relationship. And because of what's in that source of energy, being willfully, because someone hit a switch on the toaster, they, the, what was conveyed from that source energy went through that catheter through the box, and it had a cause and effect relationship with whatever you want to consider your daily bread in that situation. Well, you're the toaster, right? The source from which you came from, I'm, and you notice I didn't even say God. The source from which you came from is not the cord. It's the electricity that gives you the power, and the power means the ability to affect change or to move something or to take command or dominion over something. And that power was only activated when you willfully made a decision. That's lesson number one today. What buttons are you pushing? What have you willfully on a consistent basis, been making a decision to toast in your life. <laughs> because the slices of situations and the slices of people and the slices of relationships and the slices of wealth or lack thereof are all your fault. There is nothing where wherever you are right now, I don't care if you're on a plane from San Francisco to Houston or you are listening to me looking at the ocean and, and call it Hawaii or whether you are at the dope house right now trying to see if somebody will give you $3 because you, you now you're $3 away from you know, getting that next pebble on that pipe. Whatever it is that you're doing right now, you are the author and the finisher of your own story. And every time that you decided to put whatever slice of life in that thing that's called your mind, which we're going to equate to a toaster, you are the one that took that source that is on the that electricity for a battery or however you want to power yourself. You took energy that could have been used to toast anything that you wanted but you selectively chose to put some day-old people, I mean some day-old bread. You chose to toast a stale relationship. You chose to go get you another box of wine and some more weed. You chose to toast this fool that you had prayed to be out of your life. 
you chose to keep living in the past while someone else is sleeping, got kids about to be grown, you still got this dude's clothes hanging up in the closet of your mind. You chose to go and retoast a relationship because somebody won't sign your divorce paperwork or you won't sign their divorce paperwork to put your life. You pressed a button that decided to leave the current manifestation that is in your life to be part of your life, and right now you are still sitting your grown ass up crying over Big Mama's funeral, and Big Mama been dead so long she forgot she was dead. Have you taken the energy out of that wall, ran it through this catheter, the cord? The cord is your environment. The cord is your emotional state. The cord is your awareness the toaster is your mind, and the slice of bread or slice of life that's coming forth from it is all what you chose. Now, for some of you, you've been walking around mad at everybody, angry about some dude or some chick that left you two or three years ago. There has been in your very face on a consistent basis the right person, but you are so busy being an ass that you are not allowing yourself to love who's in front of you. You're not allowing yourself to see with clarity what's before you because the picture that you're broadcasting in the theater of your mind is a black and white rerun, and some of you are still in technicolor. You know we have this thing now called HD. In other words, you are so out of touch with current reality because you are stuck into a reality that, that no longer even exists. Again, what you're living right now is the result of what you have been thinking, living, embracing, and energizing from your past. Now, I'm going, to, I'm going to take this a step further, if I may. If I, if you uh, haven't, go ahead and cut this thing off. If you do, when you cut it back on, you can you go back from the same spot. But I want you to hear this and just think about this for a moment. Everything that is going to be the source of manifestation in your life is going to be the direct result of an emotional state. It is not going to be because you said some prayers, Okay. Prayers are not really so much for God as they are for you. They are for you to reaffirm your focus and intention. But to be very honest, your emotional state is the source of your manifestation. I'm going to share something with you. The emotions that you feel, and every moment that you're feeling them, whether they feel like love or despair, is always, every single time, your indicator of your vibrational relationship between who life has caused you to become and who you're letting yourself be by virtue of what you're giving yourself to. I already know. I already know. Some of y'all, and that's why I keep telling you to stop smoking that stuff because you forget stuff quickly, so I'm going to repeat this. The emotions that you feel, and every moment that you're feeling them, whether they feel like love or like despair, 
is always, every single time, your indicator of your vibrational relationship between who life has caused you to become and who you're letting yourself, and I want you to underline the word letting yourself, be by virtue of what you are giving yourself to. In other words, here's what's up. The devil did not make you do it. You are in full control of your life because that spirit that existed in you is always, always trying to communicate with you. Now, I'm going to give an example. Many of you have a GPS somewhere. You either have it on your phone, you have it in your car, you know somebody that's got one, but you know that global positioning system that you use never, ever is really off. Now, you may think that it's off, but it's never off, right? Here's proof. You may cut your unit off. You may turn your car off. You may not have the app active on your phone at a given moment, but every time you decide to allow the GPS to guide you, it will. But there is a catch. It will not just guide you. You have to tap into it. Does that make sense? This is the time that some of you folks in church would be talking about amen, preach, but, you know, that's not necessary because, like I told you, this is spiritual. It's not religious. And if you would quit being so full of crap and thinking everything has got something to do with religion when, in fact, God and religion are not really affiliated with each other because the source of all creation and the source of the universe and of the heavens and the earth, I'm quite sure, is not really tripping off of where you go to church or what religious denomination you are or your affiliation or your gender or whether you have a tattoo, long hair, uh, whether you're, uh, whatever your race may be, even your sexual preference, even though I think some of y'all do some really weird, weird stuff. Next thing we're going to be talking about folks having interspecies relationships. But anyway, the, um, the truth be told, you no matter what you are, who you are, how you are, you cannot and will not be denied access to God's purpose system. That's what we're going to call a GPS. God left you a guarantee. He said, I will supply all of your needs according to my purpose for your life. Now, ain't that deep? So does you mean to tell me I don't need to be like, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you a good example of some dysfunctional parenting. I had a lady that uh, was a client of mine that was taking a five-year-old to get a manicure. Y'all pray for her. And I was like, you lost your damn mind. Why would you take a five-year-old to get a manicure? And I could see a little girl. I could see it. But a boy, are you really serious, right? But see, some of us, we think that if we just start out early enough giving people stuff they don't need, if we, even as we get to be older, we've taught our children to be so dysfunctional that now they're just as stupid as their parents. If the parents tell a child, well, you know, now you, you know, going to school, that's for the white man. You know, you need to work. What the hell are you telling your kid? Because people perish for a lack of what? Knowledge. And all you're getting, get what? Get some understanding. Some or people say, well, you know, a woman, that ain't a woman's place to do. What do you mean it's not a woman's place? 
I don't see gender on an anointing. If you are a woman and you've been anointed to be a soldier or a police officer, girl, do your thing. Get these folks up out your ear. If you are a man and you want to be a clothing designer or you want to start being, uh, you know, making hats or be a, a chef or a baker, don't be running around here tasting your words and twitching and switching. You can, if you're gay, you don't have to act that way. But you know what I'm saying? Do you be you because there is something greater in you that's greater than anything in this world, meaning that what you have been deposited with is going to bring about manifestations and materialization in your life, and it's going to change the context of your environment. But see, here's where we get this wrong. That GPS I'm talking about, it's always on. There's never a moment that you cannot stop what you are doing and allow that which you need to be doing to happen. There's this thing where it says, be still and know that I'm God. That does not mean sit on your butt and wait on God to come. You know, all this, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm believing the Lord for, don't, man, stop believing the Lord for stuff. Get off your butt and go do what you are capable of doing. God only steers moving vehicles, and that energy that's on the other side of the field, that energy, you remember we were talking about the toaster a minute ago? That energy is you. It's inside you. It's always trying to talk to you. The problem is you keep telling it to S-F-U. Y'all will catch that in a minute. If you don't get it, just breathe. Just breathe in and out. Look straight ahead. Won't nobody know but you that you don't get it. But the truth is it is always there. Now, here's the condition. The GPS must be activated. So let's say that you are activated. Let's say that you have been saying, well, hey, Dr. D, man, you know what? I've been sitting back listening and paying attention to what source, and for some of you that I'm saying God, I'm saying the Lord, I'm saying Allah, I'm saying Jesus, I'm saying Yahweh, I'm saying Yeshua, but at any point, I'm really talking to that which is inside of you that, you know, it said my sheep are not my voice. So there's a part of you that should right at this moment be resonating, should an alarm should be going off inside of you that, you know what, man, okay, well, D, how do, how do I get this GPS thing to work? Glad you asked. The first thing is, you heard me say a moment ago, are you right now, by virtue of what you're thinking and speaking, allowing? Hmm, some good words, aren't they? But you also heard me say there's an emotional state. Well, you know what the first thing a GPS asks you before you can go anywhere? It will say, where do you want to go? It asks you to put in an endpoint. Isn't it funny? It really, and in most instances, you can pick where you want to go before you really even have to deal with where you are. Ain't that deep? 
And isn't it something, isn't it amazing that the GPS that gets you from one city to another, that gets you from one state to another state, that gets you across town, that negotiates, and when you get off track, tells you, okay, it's cool, it's cool. You don't ever, when you're off track, uh, have the GPS when you uh, say, oh, look, fool, I ain't going to show you where to go down. I'm, I'm tired of you. you. You just turned up. You did it wrong. You know, I want to have an Ebonic GPS one day. That would be so funny, you know, to have the GPS tell you, oh, hell no. You know what I'm saying? I'd love to see the GPS be able to just be Ebonic, you know. Turn your Never mind. Okay. But getting back to this, if you are going to benefit from having this GPS, the first thing you have to do is be willing to follow it. Hmm. It's deep, ain't it? You have to be willing to follow it. And then the next thing you have to do is admit you're lost. You have to admit that you don't know where you're going because you can delay getting somewhere in 20 minutes because you are so arrogant and hard-headed trying to find it yourself. I remember as a child, I was riding in the car, and Mommy and Daddy was going somewhere. And my dad's name was Cicero. My mother's name was Juanita. So my, my father's driving, and my mama looks over him. She says, Cicero, are you lost? And he said, no, no, I know where I'm going. Daddy kept driving. And I even, you know, I have a good sense of direction, even as a child. So I knew my daddy did not know where he was going, right? So about 15 minutes went by. My mama said, Cicero, are you lost? And right after she says that again, my daddy says, look, and I know where I'm going. Daddy drove up. So now almost an hour and passed, and Mama says, Cicero, admit you lost hell. He says, I'm not lost. He says, well, why do we keep passing that same little boy that was eating that ice cream? Now he didn't finish it and got it all over his shirt, right? Some of us are doing exactly that. We are riding around through life missing wealth missing real love, missing happiness, missing joy, because we won't admit that we're lost. That's number one. Number two, for those of you that are all such and much and all that that think you got it going because you got a good FICO score, you know, you got a great credit rating. You suck as a person, but you got a great credit rating. You know what I'm saying? No, You know, don't nobody like your ass, but you got a good credit rating. And then there's those of you that, well, you know, we've been married. We've been married 17 years, and, girl, that's why you don't have a man. Hell, you shouldn't be married. This man, this nigga wrote and hit you all upside your head. You walk around here hobbling, got a knot in the back of your head, and you're talking about, you know, you've been married 17 years. No, you haven't been married. You've been uh, massaged mentally. You're a damn fool is what you are, and you're trying to tell someone else to be one too because you think they ought to flow like you. You're lost. You're not following your GPS. You're letting someone else's out-of-date maps go book guide your life. Some of you right now, you are sitting there talking about your mother, your grandmother, and you're doing the exact same mess they did. You are living the same limited life in retreat because you will not stop using their map scope and their whistle ring because you refuse to turn your GPS on. Now, once you have it on, 
It asks you where you're going. The next thing, it asks you what means are you going to use to get there. You know, everybody ain't got a bunch of money in the bank. That's why GPS is, if you look at it, even the one on your phone, if you think I'm kidding, right now go to Google Maps and pull your GPS up. Do you notice it even says if you're walking? Because some places you can't just get there real quick. The other one says, are you on a bicycle? The other one shows even a bus. And then it then it'll show a car. You probably have never noticed that, but that's the same true for your life. You've never noticed that even when you ask God for help, that you need to be honest about where you are. Because if you're saying, you know what, Lord, I really want you to bless me with a wife, you might want to get rid of the one you have because you married the wrong woman and you're making four people's lives miserable. Or he probably did give you a wife. Why don't you treat that one right? It ain't her fault, bro. You know, you done already gave up VD twice for young people. I know y'all don't know what VD is or the cooties, but that's when you get that old nasty disease from doing something strange for some change with some weird people, okay? But the truth be told, when you look at your life, are you being honest with where you are? And if you are going to be honest with where you are, shouldn't you examine the context of it? Shouldn't you stop and look at, well, you know what? It's not that I don't have an ability to do better, but how can I strike matches underwater? Now, I didn't say you couldn't arc well underwater, but you damn sure can't strike a match underwater, and if you can, I want to see you do it. You know, you look at where you are. Maybe you need to position yourself so that when you strike your match, the wind doesn't just blow it out, meaning when you light your dreams, you're not around somebody telling you how stupid you are and what you can't do and you know, you have you everything else you done tried, you failed at that. Why should you do that? You ain't going to be such You know what? All your life, you ain't going to never be S. You know what I'm saying? I know, Julia, I'm trying not to curse today, baby, but, you know, today, it's you know, i got to keep it real. So I want to apologize to any of you religious folk. I don't mean it, but I am going to surface apologize for any language that I say that offends you, but your butt probably needs to be offended because you're part of somebody else's problem. But with that stated, let's continue. The next thing is as you look around your life, blaming other people. I'm not going to say to you that if you were molested growing up, young lady or young man, that that shouldn't affect you because it should affect you. I'm not going to say if, like me, I'm an adopted only child, right? So the way that I grew up, I had privilege on one hand and a broken mother raising me on another. So, you know, but God knew that would be better probably than the other circumstances that I could have been in. So if you're looking and you see so much pain in your past, ask yourself, what was the reason why? that was allowed to be part of my experience. Matter of fact, one theorem in human uh, evolution is that we choose our parents before we get here, that we choose our life path before we get here. Okay? So you might want to ask your spirit, why 
did you choose that? I'm going to tell you the answer right now is God trusted you with the pain. He knew that when he created you and allowed you to come to this world that you would endure a storm, but he does not put anything on you that you cannot bear. I went to see the movie Mandela uh, the other night, and the reason Mandela lived, in my opinion, to be so long, to be an old man, was because God knew that I'm going to take some time, I'm going to take 20 years out of your life, so I'm going to compensate you for it by allowing you to live 20 years beyond the 72 that you promised. See what I'm saying? Life is not just fair, but it is just. It's just what you make it. Now, going a little step further with this thing, how do you, how do you submit? How do you know when is GPS and not your ego or vanity or even your fears affecting your decision-making process? Real simple, emotion. Emotions are the very tools that speak to you, and they act almost like a Geiger counter does when it finds something radioactive or a metal that reacts to finding gold and silver and precious metals in the ground. It goes off. The more that you experience a pleasant emotion, the more that you know you are on the right track. And I'm not talking about a pleasant emotion that's induced by an inebriant. I'm not talking about because you didn't shot up some heroin. I'm not talking about because you had three or four shots of that Patron or a couple of downed, a couple of those, uh, you know, apple martinis that now it's on and popping in your world, girl. No, that's I'm talking about authentic emotional responses that are positive. That's how you know because the more that you have the resonance of harmony, and, I, you know, I said the thing about striking the piano the other day and you hit a C and all of a sudden you will find resonance with the other pianos because they're pre-wired just like that source of energy. I told you on the other side of the wall, the other side of the capillaries, the other side of the conduit is the source from which you spawn. That source is in total harmony with all things. It does not know depression. It does not know fear. It does not know lack. And if you tap into the essence thereof, you will not know depression. You will not know fear. And you will not know lack. All wealth, and I'm going to talk about that on Sunday's show. I'm going to talk about how to use this to manifest real love in your life and actually keep it. I'm going to be talking about how to, without a doubt and without irrefutable delay, become one with your purpose and your destiny on Sunday's show. But the first step in that you can get right now, and that's your emotional state is at peace. There is joy. You understand when you look at someone, the room disappears. Think about this. A little baby enjoys everything. They even enjoy their own feces. And I could use the four-letter word that starts with S and a T, and a lot of y'all enjoy y'all's S that ends in a T every day too. However, it's different for the baby because the baby understands that's part of a natural process, the S that ends with a T that you're enjoying in the natural process. That's part of your mess 
That's part of your context because it is familiar to you. And like, you know, most fools, you keep doing the same thing over and over again while it's sitting up talking about a different outcome. Again, is what you're thinking and speaking allowing you to be who you are, who you, the I knew you before you were ever in your mother's womb, you. Because that's the second sign. After you find that you are in this joyous state, your endorphins are firing off. The serotonin has got you in balance. Are you now speaking and thinking? Because some of you don't even know how to be happy. You 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 gotten so used to it that you know everything you don't want. You could I could get you right in front of me right now and have you sitting in my office at forty one hundred Westheimer and you'd be like Doctor Young and I'm sick and tired of his shit and I don't want to do this no more and that woman drives me crazy and you know what they won't do this and they won't do that. Let me give you a quick hint. That is a bunch of malarkey. What you are doing is you are getting further and further away from being on track, and here's how you can tell. Think about it when you're talking about all this negative stuff. How do you feel? I write, as a matter of fact, I'm going to give you a little exercise you can do. Think about something that pissed you off about a week ago. Uh, We can even do it better than that. Go back about a year or two ago and just think about somebody that you know, you know, you know, you know, you had no business with that person or you know that the season for kicking it with them was totally up. Think about how you felt. See what I'm saying? You were totally not at peace. There was no joy. There was no content. There was no smile on your face. There was no excitement. There was no exuberance. There was none of that because you had that GPS system going off telling you, take the next left, make a U-turn. But what did you do? You just kept driving your silly behind straight down the wrong road, right? And look where it got you. Here's another sign. When you are heading in the right direction, you see signs along the way that suggest or indicate that you're almost there. You know, I had, uh, I was, last week I was, uh, had a couple of little tour things and some quality time with my daughter in Atlanta and what have you. And I, when I was on my way back to Houston, I would go through a sign that said entering Alabama that told me that I was leaving Georgia heading the right way. I saw another sign that said, you're leave, you know, entering Mississippi. There was another sign that was saying, you know what, I'm heading the right way. And then I saw another sign that said, you know, Houston, 90 miles. I knew I was heading the right way. In other words, when you are engaged in what you should be doing, not only are you going to see signs, but you know what else, people? When I was taking that drive, you know, which, you know, that's an 11-hour drive, but if you take it under the right conditions, it's not bad. You get to think, and you see all these beautiful trees and birds, and you cross all these historical rivers and what have you. So along the way, I was being enriched. Along the way, I was connecting with source, and I was connecting with my creator, and I was able to look at the splendor of my environment. And that's the other sign that you're headed in the right direction. 
and I felt good every time I got out the car and got a little bit of gas. You know, I was like, okay, cool. And I noticed something. I had an air of joy about me, and I always keep that. No matter how someone irritates or gets on my last damn nerve, I promise you, baby boy, baby girl, I have no problem saying, you know what, the season for me and you is over. You know, it was good while it lasted, but I don't hang on to things because the one thing that is constant in this universe is change. Some of you right now are stuck because you refuse to change. You don't want to let go of it. You didn't say, though, you got, you got some money in the bank. I don't give a hoot if it's 1000 or uh, 60000 you are complaining, you know, I don't make enough money. Take your behind back to school. I don't make it. I can't. Why can't you? Well, I don't want to get in no debt. Look, fool, the reason you have debt is because you're not making enough money. Go back. Position yourself. See, part of the laws of attraction are this. You've got your vision board up, but you may have to write on the chalkboard, or you might have to write on that tablet with your finger. You feeling me? You may have to actually get off your butt, and I ain't got no car. Well, catch the bus. Carpool. I don't have a car. Well, you pay for the gas and tell them other three people to pick you up. Well, you know, I ain't got time. Yes, the hell you do. You're at the club. Saturday, you sitting up with Shanene and, and Pookie and him. You got time. You won't make the time because the context of your environment you've created Right at this very moment, the person that is sharing your space, take a good look at them and ask yourself, is it time for me and you to get away from each other? Is it time for you to stop being my little girl and be the young woman that I gave birth to that's now an adult and you keep wanting, and she keep wanting to call you mommy and like her ass is for grow up? That's your mother. That ain't mommy. Now, what, you still wet in the bed or are you peeing on people? I mean, what is going on with you that you cannot change with the times? Maybe it's time, even if you are in a great relationship, maybe it's time you stopped and looked at things and, and go back. You know, every business that I know that is successful, um, they take an inventory and they do an audit. How does your inventory look? Because if you are buying supplies for the Christmas season and that's what you got in your inventory in the store, you are going to be mad as hell when 4th of July comes if you're using that data to stock the store. Because I know on the 4th of July, don't nobody want no doggone cranberry sauce. You know, ain't nobody trying to eat a fruit cake on the 4th of July. People want ribs and steaks and, and sausage. You know what I'm saying? Change with the times. Stop and assess, you know, how am I treating the people that I love? I was talking to someone who I love dearly the other day, and we were having, like, this deep conversation, and I told him, I said, you know what? I don't understand why your opinion matters so much to me. And I'm being transparent, America. And I asked this person, I said, but for some reason, your opinion really matters to me. And that person said something so profound to me later. You know, it's like, you know, I am a representation of a greater dynamic. 
and it stymied me. I had to stop and go, wow, you know. It says that how can you love a God whom you cannot see and here's the person that you look at every day and you don't treat them appropriately. You don't own your space. You don't own your mess. I mean, you know, I look back for years, and, and I'll be even more transparent to you, America. I had a, a son that I, you know, I, I hadn't seen since he was a baby. And over the years, I let outside influences, everything from my own pride to my own guilt and shame to listening to, you know how you always will have that fool that is always ever ready to give you their two cents worth about what you should and shouldn't do. And then circumstances came forth where I was like, you know what, I've screwed over my life and his life because of my pride, because of listening to other people, because I never stopped to examine life. You know, Socrates made a statement. He said the unexamined life is one that is not worth living. Today, examine your life. Are you, right now, by virtue of what you're thinking and speaking, allowing yourself to be the real you, or are you keeping up with what life has caused you to become? You know, the emotions that you feel in every moment that you're feeling them, whether they feel like love or like despair, is always each and every single time your indicator of your vibrational relationship between who life has caused you to be and who you're allowing yourself to be by virtue of what you're giving yourself to. What are you giving yourself to? Have you become a myth? wrapped in an enigma of a, and walking around acting as if that it's a divine, mis, uh, you know, some mystery, or are you just in a mess, a hot mess? Are you allowing poisonous people to be in your life, or better yet, are you contaminating someone else's life because you just aren't mature enough to let them go? And I'm saying some of these folks are dead, man, and you still mad at Annie. You still mad and well, you know he your nasty ass uncle touched you inappropriately. That man is dead. Let it go. You are ruining your sex life right now because you're thinking about some some pervert did and what and here's the deep part of it. It felt good to you. So you have these ambiguous feelings of, okay, I was twelve you know, that did turn me on, but that was my daddy. Ugh. Okay, look, biologically, physiologically, sex is supposed to feel good. Forgive yourself and forgive your nasty-ass daddy. Let it go. You're missing out on life, being stuck in a moment. Okay, so what? Somebody, uh, you know, the dude slapped you upside your head. You shouldn't have been talking so damn much, no way. But he shouldn't have slapped you upside your head either. Now you get in a relationship with someone that wants to challenge an opinion with you and you want to fight them when all they want to do is just tell you what you're eating isn't good for you or, you know, would you help me do this? You want to cuss them out now. Now a man does love you. He looks at you and he's captivated with your beauty. He tells you he cares for you, but you can't you can't receive it, you know, because you're still mad because you know your baby daddy or you know you and this dude that made you get to abortion and you and this guy that you used to date, you know, y'all ain't getting along. You know what I'm saying? So you can't receive 
this person that God put in your life. You can't trust this chick because the last chick screwed your homeboy. You know, you can't you can't let go. You want to keep your child a child, you know, but what you create is one lazy-ass adult. You know, you got a son, 27, sleeping in the same bed he peed in. You got a son, 21 years old, you still washing his clothes. Have you lost your damn mind? You still stand with this person because you don't have the guts <clears throat> to go and move out on your own because, you know, you fear change. You've gotten used to this person paying the bills. You've gotten used. Well, you know, that's my kid's daddy. Well, you know what, Anne? You know, penicillin comes from mold. I don't want no damn fungus on the pills. Stop and think. Don't you finally deserve to be who you were before you came here. The being that you were had purpose. The being that you were had meaning. The being that you were, you still are, unless you decided to be this character that you've become. Julia, you can get the music ready. Um, I want to say this to you. A lot of people didn't make it to 2014. You left a lot of folks behind last year. If it's your mother, your father, your child, a friend, I want you to rest assured that their season was up. I don't care if they were 2 or 82. God knew when it was time for that season to end because no life or no death comes without the sanction of greater forces being involved. The question now is, what are you going to do in 2014? Set no limits. Stop trying to get from where you are to where you want to be and just get up and go. Use that GPS system, the God, the good, the, the great purpose system that's here to guide your life. I'll talk to you guys Sunday night. Oh, yeah, Happy New Year. And I want each and every one of you to know that I love you very much. Pray for me. I've already prayed for you. This is Dr. D. Yvonne Young. This has been Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Talk to you Sunday night. Have an awesome day. And don't drink and drive. I'm out of here. Bye now.